the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com. Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I am here with a fantastic youth worker. So, Lee, can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're serving. Yes. So, I'm Lee. I am from um, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I work at Brentwood. United Methodist Church, and I am one of the associate directors of student ministry there. Awesome. And uh, so today we're going to get real practical and talk about um, how you get teenagers to actually <laughs> talk when you're having like a small group time right. or a discussion time. I feel like whenever I've asked somebody mm-hmm. to be a small group leader, that is the their biggest fear is sitting in a room um <laughs> trying to lead a discussion and nobody yes. is talking, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is like the magical question. I wish I had like the answer because I would make <laughs> a, lot, a lot more money than I do. Um, no, but I think the reality is, is like, okay, I think first to take people off the hook. This is what I always tell my, my like volunteers is like, there's going to be a kid that doesn't talk, that right. doesn't ever engage that will probably continue to show up and never really participate. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That what matters is they're still showing up. Right. And so I think like sometimes we just have to be let off the hook, like yeah. take the pressure off yourself. There's no magic pill. There's nothing that you can do right. to make someone engage. And I think that's the fear, right? You're like, what if I, you know, I need to do this. Or I need to do that. Yeah. There are definitely like practical tools, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just to, to release the pressure of like, I've got to make it all work perfectly and make every kid talk. So I think first yeah. and foremost, like there are going to be kids that just don't, right? Yeah, sure. And and the other thing is sometimes um, your version of engagement is not their version of engagement. Um, Absolutely. I, I remember Absolutely. my wife um, had a youth group and uh, when we were in college that she was helping out with over the summer. And she, I remember she told me this story, like at the end, there was this one kid that was like, never engaged, just sometimes would actually actually just get up and walk around in the room. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I know that as well. Yes. That's, that's right. And uh, <laughs> she was so frustrated. And then at the end of her time there, um, she asked a question. She directed it at the kid. And the kid said, I think so. I mean, it's like what you said uh, like three weeks ago in our lesson and like yes. quoted exactly what she said verbatim it, right yes. and had been completely engaged but was just not the kind of engagement that she she had in her head as, as counting right yeah and so i yeah. think that, that's Absolutely. the other thing like let's just jump off the hook like you might think they're not getting anything but so, sometimes it's just your perception <laughs> yes that's so true my mom was an educator things for me is like kind of as a kid with like ADD and I mm-hmm. distractions is like sometimes I need to like sit under the desk to learn the desk like every other kid. Like kids are just different. Like not everybody learns or understands or engages in the same way. I think you make a really beautiful point there. It's like just because you don't think they're engaging doesn't mean they are. There are definitely those kids that are just not engaging. But I think for certain like the kid who walks around the room and are just totally not involved in anything you're saying or participating and probably driving you crazy mm-hmm. because you're wanting some order and some control. I think you really are absorbing the most. I think yeah. Giving kids the freedom to kind of be who they are is, is huge. I think that is, that is really huge, especially if you're talking middle school ministry. 
because the seventh grader is really still. Um, sometimes you have to have a third thing in the room or another thing going on um, to get them to even be able to receive what you're, you know, what's happening in the room. So yeah. well, I think that's huge, but definitely. That's good. So tell Go that you, you say, you use a term there, the, a third thing in the room. Uh, can you, right. what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I always talk about, we had um, a seventh and eighth grade group. They're actually graduated now, but they literally every week, all they wanted to do was play football. That's all they wanted to do when they came to school. They would show up every week. They were like 12 strong in this small group, which was awesome. pretty, pretty great for this group of kids, like the popular kids of um, kind of the youth group. And so they, they wanted to come, they wanted to be there, but they wanted to play football. So first we started them like, no, we're not gonna play football. This is small group time. <laughs> and then we started, okay, we're going to, if you can give me 10 minutes of talking time, we'll play. 20 minutes of football or 30 minutes of football or, you know, possible. And then we were like, what if the best small group we can have is talking while we're playing football? Like, why do they have to be separate? And so the third thing for that group was putting a football in between, you know, their leader and them and tossing it back and forth created like fostered the most beautiful environment for them to be able to just talk life. And Mm -hmm. it like, it's a disarmor, I think. Yeah. So for kids, like, where their head is like in throwing the football back and forth, but their heart was somehow in the conversation. And so I think, um, yeah, I think we learned that sometimes it takes like playing a game, you know, like a card game or Mm -hmm. um, we have a ball that we toss around sometimes in small groups or getting outside or going to have coffee, kind of put something between you and the person to kind of lighten the stress of this is a really serious conversation. Yeah. That, that whole idea of the third thing it's great. It, it's also something that, that we would tell uh, parents about uh, because sometimes what happens yeah. is you go to a small group and you come back and you're like, what'd you do? Uh, we just play football. Right. <laughs> you're like, wait, did exactly. I, just, I just do all the secret play. <laughs> but ultimately there's spiritual formation going on. And sometimes it's on the sly where, <laughs> yes. where the kid, the kid's going to report back. Absolutely. You got to sneak it in. <laughs> but yeah. there's actually really good stuff happening. So. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, but and it can change. Really. I've seen it. I've got a million stories exactly like that. Like just some group not going well because they don't they want to do something else they just do the other thing and continue the discussion and it they're the kids completely are open to it yeah yeah we had a small group this year uh boys now and they've just been just to be frank like they've been rough Mm -hmm. and getting them engaged and even just being respectful in the in the space Mm -hmm. been difficult and um, their small group leader is actually a seasoned youth worker. Thank God we kind of put that in place. But <laughs> um, right. they they wanted they wanted milkshakes to go and get milkshakes. And this leader was like, "Nope, we're not. You know, we're not doing that. We're gonna have to talk." And then he was like, "You know what? I'm bringing my blender and ice cream, and we'll make milkshakes. You know, while we talk, so you, you're gonna get your milkshakes, but you're gonna get them on my terms. You know." And right. I think being creative like that, knowing your own kids is great. Yeah. And they, the kids thought it was hysterical. You know, so, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just brings yeah. the blender and the ice cream. Yeah. That's fantastic. He's like, we'll make our own milkshake. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I think that's like the first off, just like knowing your audience. I think, you know, we talked, you and I talked about um, like appreciating volunteers. And I think that goes into like creating the atmosphere of getting kids to talk. Right. It's all cyclical. It's not like one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think when you know your kids, like, 
my kids are not going to talk to me. The kids, the kids, uh, the kids that are most engaged with me are the kids that I am most engaged with. Right. And sometimes that feels impossible when you have a youth group. Mm-hmm. It even feels impossible when you have 50 kids in a youth group or 20. Mm-hmm. Kids in a youth group. Mm-hmm. I think the reality is though, the kids whose choral performances I go to and plays that I go to and soccer games that I go to or text back and forth about how their test went. Those are the kids that are going to show up on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever your small groups are and talk back to you. Yeah. I think kids are, they are just, what do you call it? Like they can smell bull crap from like a mile away. Right. <laughs> Probably a nicer way to say right. that. This is but the like, official podcast version of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like they can sniff it out. They want um, authenticity. Yeah. So if they, if you're showing up to the small group, and kind of putting on this act of like teacher school, you know, respect me, listen, talk, engage. The likelihood is they're not going to do that unless they know you're actually genuinely invested in them. And so the kids who show up on Wednesday night to my like Bible study that I do, which is not necessarily a small group. And I think that's my next point, but they, the ones who will give back in conversation and give sort of their wisdom will only do that because they trust me and they know that like I actually care about what they have to say. Yeah. So I think that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so those, those, that discussion is often built on relationship. And so yeah. the, the more, the deeper your relationship is, the deeper those discussions will go. And I think it's Absolutely. important. It, and I know it, it seems kind of weird to say to some people, but um, especially when you're beginning a new small group, um, I find that it's helpful for a, a volunteers to right after the small group to ask them to take a couple of notes. Um, mm. What, what did the kid tell you about themselves? Right. Um, yeah. Do they play soccer? Do they have or whatever? And was it, did anybody say anything like this coming up the next week? And then yeah. to just keep that little note in your phone. And then right before your next small group, pull it out. And so that you can, yeah. um, you can ask, ask about, about a it. thing or, or yeah. reference the soccer that the kid plays later. Um, yeah. and, and it's not being weird. It's just being intentional, right? You want to develop no, a relationship absolutely. and that kind of stuff, man. Teenagers are just so ignored in our culture. Um, and yeah. even in their schools, it's like many of their teachers don't really care. Um, some, I mean, we've got great teachers too that are amazing, but but so often they are just not paid attention to it. And for someone to actually care enough to remember things, oh my gosh, you you yeah. get a you you will dive deep quick. No, absolutely. I mean, the reality is, Jeremy, I and mean, I think you would probably say this too. I think there definitely comes to and confidence as you grow older but like right. i'm 34 years old and when someone remembers something about me like mm-hmm. it that genuinely like that connection is made and i'm much right. more likely especially as an introvert you know to right. to give back or to talk or to you know when you care about what's going on with my kids or in my life or mm-hmm. you know with my work um i think it matters across the spectrum but certainly mm-hmm. with teenagers as they're kind of forming their confidence and trust and right. for sure um I love the pro tip that you gave too about asking. And I always say like, if it's a first time small group, if you're a seventh grade leader, eighth grade leader, you've never led these kids before you're coming in. Usually our leaders kind of stick around through the Mm -hmm. years. But if you're like taking on a new group, I always say like, take a picture of the first night. First of all, most of the kids who are ever going to be in your small group are going to be there on the first night. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of them might not ever come back. Some of them might come every third Sunday. And by the third time they've come back, the semester's over. 
So right. get a picture of them, take it on your phone or whatever, print it out, stick it in your small group folder and like have identifiers for them. So when right. so-and-so says I have a soccer game and you're like, I can't even remember who so-and-so is, you know, <laughs> you can go, Oh, she was, she's like blue shirt girl. She sat three seats over from me, right. you know, just need to keep a, like a visual on who these kids are. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's huge. I think that's, that's excellent. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, um, I think that like getting kids to talk, I think, and this goes back also to volunteer engagement. Again, it's so cyclical. It all goes together for me at least for what, what I've seen practically play out is that it de- depends on what the ministry's idea of a small group is. And I can right. only say this because we had sort of a crisis of this, like year three of being in ministry. I've been at Brentwood seven years. And so like year two or three, we were like, wait, what are small groups? Like our right. small group Bible study, our small groups like question and answer, like we're pulled from, you know, the talk that we just heard. Mm-hmm. Um, are small groups just like, are they discipleship based or are they fellowship based? Are they just right. hang out and play football and like just be together and eat a meal together? Because I would say my age, like the small group personally that I'm in, we do have a discipleship focus, but mainly it's to get us together, right. like to make community a priority. So it's like somebody brings food every Thursday night and we hang out together. Right. Um, but so, so, to some churches and to some people, that is a small group. Mm-hmm. But like to ours, we determine like, we wanted kind of a healthy balance of both, but really ultimately like for discipleship fellowship, but we want to err on the side of fellowship, meaning like yeah. we want to just get kids in the door. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to determine what it means first, because if it's a Bible study, then you, then engagement's going to be different because you're going to have a lesson and you're going to have a teacher and teachers and small group leaders are two totally different things. In my opinion, mm-hmm. a teacher has, you know, their right and wrong answers and they're, they're coming prepared with, a lesson based off whatever topic that you've given them. A uh, small group leader is more of a facilitator. Right. They're facilitating conversation. They're creating space for teenagers to um, vocalize or express their faith or question their faith or, you know, just, just kind of navigate or journey through um, who, who even is Jesus and, you know, um, what does a faith life mean? Right. And so I think determining that has been, so important for me and how to get kids engaged is what am I, what is it that we're doing? What is the mission statement here? So that I make sure my, if my expectations are clear for kids, yep. you know, what, what we, what we're seeking from them. Yeah. And I, I think that's always, you know, that's kind of like step zero. You've got to make sure you, you know, like yeah. where you're headed and, and what is this about? Um, because it, it, it can be really frustrating if there's, if it's not clear, you know, pe- people can be frustrated and say, oh, it's not working when yes. it's just accomplishing a different purpose than what they had thought it was. Um, that's exactly right. And I think that's most that's most telling, like in volunteers and mm-hmm. how they perceive, like how their group is going. Well, no one will listen or we never get to the worksheet. Well, right. is the worksheet really the focus of the small group or is just hearing about what's happening in their life, you know? So setting expectations, you're right. That is like ground level, that zero work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I think the other thing for me is when I first get somebody that's going to be leading discussion, uh, one of the things that I tell them at the very beginning is, um, you know, don't answer your own questions. <laughs> I feel like if there's anything that kills a discussion quick, 
quicker. Like, there's nothing that kills a discussion quicker than answering your own question. So if you ask yeah. a question, just let it lay there and yeah, be courageous enough to to just sit in the silence until somebody asks you to repeat the question. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Repeat the question and wait for somebody to answer it. Um, because because once they feel like, oh, wait, this they're not. Once they feel like they're going to you're going to answer your own questions, they'll let you answer your questions all day long. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. I think that's that's one of those like basic things as well. When you when you're getting there, like oh, just don't don't answer your own questions, um, and then sort of like uh, as you're going into that, like um, you know, try to be creative with those questions. So most people have some sort yeah. of worksheets, but if it's not working, you know, find the kind of I find that the easiest question to uh, the easiest way to rephrase a question is to take the emphasis off of themselves and put it on telling a story about their family or about a friend. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like if nobody's answering the question of like, how do you feel like you would live this out? You know, some right. sort of odd abstract question like that. It might be say, how have you seen somebody else live this out? Maybe your friend, your family yeah. or like, or the opposite. Like, has there ever been a time when you saw somebody that didn't do this? Um, and yeah. when they externalize it, it can start getting their mouths moving. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I completely, um, yeah, I, I would say being creative with it, pu pushing the emphasis, like you said, off on somebody else. And I think even off on like culture or a celebrity mm -hmm. or, yeah, totally. you know, I, th I think when I went to social, I was, I went to social work, I got my master's in social work. And mm -hmm. when I was doing that, one of my professors, um, he was a grief therapist. And so he talked about this little boy who like literally his parents had passed away mm -hmm. and he um, was, you know, caring for this kid through counseling just on a regular basis. And so he, um, the kid would just wouldn't talk. All he would talk about was like this cartoon, this like wrestling cartoon. <laughs> That's all he ever wanted to talk about. And so the professor was like, so guess what I did? I went home and I started watching that cartoon mm -hmm. religiously. And I watched every single episode of that cartoon because then I had something to talk to that kid about. Yeah. And it was like, he let me into this world. And so I think it's sometimes like, you know, that we keep such a dis distance between like adult culture and then like kid culture, like mm -hmm. the music they're listening to or the things they're watching. And some of it questionable for sure. But I think like knowing about it, being able to talk back to them about it. And I'm convicted of that. Like the older I get, the less I know about Right. Like she, I just texted some kids yesterday and I was like, I need new shoes. What's cool? Like, I, told them, I don't know, you know, like, right. tell me. Um, and so I think staying engaged with like what's happening, what they're listening to, what concerts are going to just, you know, again, that just gives you an end and you can put emphasis on like, well, what would so-and-so do? Or right. did you see that episode where, you know, or. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking some time yeah. and sharing some of your uh, your tips on getting students to, to talk. Uh, that's like I said, I feel like this is one of the biggest uh, worries of volunteers and we really appreciate it. And, you know, when um, when you guys get online to work, we don't want you to feel like you have to do it alone um there the right. this whole thing the youth worker collective is, is all about kind of getting your back on games ideas lessons coaching you can find all of that at uh, youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast <laughs>